Hello, I'm Alessandro Miro and I'm 510. You don't need to slate. This is an advertisement. Just tell them about the show. What show? The one you do, you know, where you mess up every audition? I mess up audition? Yeah. How to make it in Hollywood when you're foreign AF? What's that? Your YouTube series. Ah, the one where I become movie star? Sure. Yes, okay. Uh, radio people, hello. Uh, subscribe to Almiro Studios channel on YouTube and watch How to Make It in Hollywood when you are foreign AF. That was so great. We're just going to need to take that again with no accent. The listeners might not be able to understand you otherwise. Why can't you just put subtitles? You no, know we're on the right. Just try British accent. How to make it in Hollywood when you are foreign AF, like, like... Yeah. I'm just gonna do it. Watch How to Make It in Hollywood when you are foreign AF on YouTube channel Almiro Studios. Don't forget to subscribe. And follow me on Instagram at foreign AF series. That's foreign AF series. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. I am your host, Sabrina Ferminger. My mission is to pull back the curtain on Vancouver's film and television industry and expose its beating heart, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom style, by getting deep and down and a little dirty with the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. Sarah fucking Cannon. <laughs> That's the intro. That's not the intro. Where do we even begin with Sarah Canning? I'm intimidated. Intimidated. I can't even say the word. I'm so intimidated. I'm intimidated to write this introduction because Sarah fucking Cannon, her real name, I'm assuming, is one of Canada's greatest thespians. I'm terrified that I'm going to miss something important, that I'm going to fail to capture that quality that has made Sarah fucking Cannon a favorite of network shows and films and the indie scene and fan bases all over the planet. Maybe the best place to start is with her characters. Jenna Summers on The Vampire Diaries, Dylan Weir in the Canadian television series Primeval New World, Dr. Melissa Connor on Remedy, J- Jacqueline Sheska in, I asked Sarah how to pronounce that, and she said Jacqueline Sheska in a series of unfortunate events, Catherine Drew in Nancy Drew. And that's just a sampling. There are other roles, too, in arguably lesser-known projects where Sarah, Sarah Canning's all over the place. The historical drama Edward, the dystopian thriller Level 16, and On the Farm, Rachel Talalay's powerful feature about the multitude of lives that were destroyed by serial killer Robert Picton. There's also web series like Hospital Show and short films like Hatch and The Quieting, projects where you wouldn't expect A-list talent to appear. And yet, there she is. Whatever she's working on, Sarah somehow manages to steal every scene she's in without stealing the scene from everyone else. She elevates and energizes ensemble work. I will watch anything she's in. So today, I want us to get to know this remarkable artist. I want to reflect on some of her favorite roles and projects, learn when she's happiest, find out where she's going to take us all next, because we are all in this together. 
Sarah fucking Cannon. <laughs> Welcome to the YBR Screen Scene Podcast. I'm just over here grinning my face <laughs> off. That was, um, yeah. Now you're I'm like recoiling into <laughs> yourself. Well, okay. Let's let's. Uh, we'll bring it down to earth. Um, I just want to give our listeners a disclaimer. Uh, there is construction in the office block today. Mm-hmm. So besides the usual noise from our angry organic grocery store delivery drivers that we are all used to, uh, there will also be some construction construction sounds that actually sound like farts. So, so just do what you will with those. Do everyone. what you will with those. There it is. Yeah. You hear it? It's it me. does sound hey. like a <laughs> It's just like me. That's my thinking noise. It's just a high pitched hey. yeah. sound. Oh, so you're thinking really hard right now. Yeah. So, yeah. Siri fucking Cannon. <laughs> I'm changing my driver's license. Yeah. <laughs> but when you hear that kind of description, because, like, I honestly, like, I wrote that from my gut. That's you know, because I'm like, I, I sit there, I'm like, what am I gonna, what am I gonna say? I'm like, and I, the, I just wrote Sarah fucking Cannon. I'm like, that actually sum, sums it up. But, like, you hear that description. How closely does that resemble how you actually think about yourself as an artist? Ooh. <sighs> That's a, great, that's a great sound too. That's a really, that's a question to start things off. Isn't you didn't it? say you were gonna say good question. You're like that's a question. That's a question. That's a fucking question. It is. Um, I I feel like I'm getting somewhere along the road of feeling embodied in that way. It's a very complex embodiment, though. Yeah. It shifts around all the time, uh, but I think that's inherent to every person who is enough of a maniac to do this for a living. <laughs> I, I mean, that's that's sort of where we come from, I think, is just this constantly evolving and shifting and dipping and um, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? Am I telling, am I telling the truthiest truth that I can tell today? And I will say- Is that say, the question that actors ask every morning? I ask myself that. I, I, I say like, how, connected am I today and every time I am in any kind of creative uh, work environment that's what I'm constantly asking myself Mm. that's that's my barometer is how willing am I how how vulnerable have I you know have I made myself to this today yeah and it's it's sort of a paradox because that's when I feel I can actually embody that that wonderful moniker of Sarah fucking Cannon. Um, that's when I really feel like I can embody that. Is yeah. Weirdly, when I can look at how vulnerable and how willing to be connected I've been. How are you today? What kind of a maniac are you today? And like a very specific maniac today. Mm-hmm. I woke from, I cannot tell you how vivid my dreams were last oh. night. I, I went to bed on such an exhausted, crazy high because I'm editing a student film that I directed last oh. week oh. with a great friend So of much mine. to talk about today. Yeah. You're directing now. That's yeah. amazing. And I'm, I'm editing this student film um, for Vancouver Film School with Savannah Spracklin, who's a wonderful actor and a good friend of mine. And we laughed ourselves stupid because it's a comedy which is such a joy to to learn that timing and to feel that I mean that timing as a director mm. having worked with that as an actor and now to be like translating it to directing these students and um, l- there's so much in an edit of that too and there's there's so much joy and satisfaction in 
taking their performances and trying to like weave them all together into a big like comedic quilt. I don't know. It's uh, we we I was in pain. Like my jaw was. I was like, <laughs> I need to like go home and roll my jaw out on a tennis ball or something. Now, does that work? It does. Oh, so what do you do? You put it against trick. the wall, or you like you, on the floor? You just sort of like put your head on the floor and you dig a tennis ball into like the the hinge of your jaw. Wow. And breathe, baby. That's what you do. That's it. I, I'm totally going to try that. Yeah. So you it really works. Did you do that last night before you went to sleep? I mean, I was so tired that I just kind of ran home and ate some peanut butter granola and passed out. That's my like nighttime fix yeah it's peanut butter yeah. granola it's good that metabolizes very well yeah yeah Ooh, does it i don't know but i was <laughs> well like, did was you have something? some good dreams yeah. i mean that's the barometer right it's like is there something there's something like maybe spiked maybe my granola was spiked because my dreams were all over the place but um i write them down when i wake up like that's mm. my first thing is i i have to eat breakfast immediately because my metabolism is like through the roof i'm yeah. like starving the second i wake up and i because all that dreaming you're doing i it really was i was on like a wild metaphorical adventure last night in my sleep yeah. so i feel really tapped in today yeah. i don't know what i feel tapped into but okay we'll, we'll get there we'll find it yeah um also i understand why you don't drink coffee because i can imagine because you the energy you're giving and how yeah. like just fully you seem to be living your life right now yeah like i don't know what caffeine would do to that yeah i know? have to be pretty strategic <laughs> about when i have it like i can't i don't really have coffee when i'm on set yeah i once was on set at 4 a.m and then i had an audition i believe at sean and JJ's office yeah for the Vancouver folks who are listening <laughs> that's a deep um, cut yeah <laughs> and I had an espresso before I went because I was on set for I don't know like nine hours or something and it was a very early morning and then I had an audition and <laughs> it was next level yeah you yeah. Sarah fucking cannons yeah. all over the place I really did it was like yeah it was a lot but um it was still fun it's just I actually have to really work to harness that adrenaline sometimes generally. Mm, mm -hmm, I can mm -hmm. have very natural adrenaline spikes without any substance um, assistance. <laughs> so yeah, you're lucky. Yeah, it is. It is lucky. So I have to, but there, there, you know, if I have a nice slow day where I um, am not having to like really sort of channel my thoughts like I'm doing right now, I can have a slow cortado sip like I, I just have to drink it over an hour yeah i can't do that <laughs> which is like an ounce of fluid time <laughs> you up for some time travel please all right so uh let's get in the way back machine what is your time travel vehicle of choice oh. we got the delorean we got bill and ted's phone booth we got like classic like hg wells time machine we got the tardis i feel like i have to like I have to like come up with a new one and like honor my newfie roots. When you said that, I like imagined like the ricketiest, like, you know, <laughs> just most like it sounds like it's breaking down, but just like a nice little uh, rickety kind of fishing boat. But, you know, it has an, an outboard motor. It's just like <laughs> like that's that's my it does machine. literally sound like the like we actually have some natural built in sound effects yeah. right now from the construction and the delivery. And dudes. <laughs> so I love it. Well, yeah. So I think you've actually already set the uh, the destination for us, but like you you also have to, which I I, is Newfoundland. Yes. Uh, yeah, but like it. let's also let's also uh, set the time. I want to go back to 
your earliest beginnings as a performer. Mm, you know, okay. I, I want to get to know you. My, my kid's nine years old. I want to meet you at mm. nine, nine years old because that feels like, as I look at her living her best life as a nine-year-old, she has such a clear idea of who oh, she wants and her experience with the world and her dreams and what she doesn't like. And so I want to, that for me, that's a good like gauge. Yes, that's you know? wonderful. That's yeah, the so, most in- fascinating thing to me is about children and yeah. knowing who they are at yeah. that age. And So who were you? Take us back. Ooh. Where are we? We're in Newfoundland. Yeah. We're in a community of about 300 people. <laughs> wow. Um, and I'm probably building a fort in the woods somewhere with my best friend, Lindsay. Mm. That was the very beginning. That was the beginning for me of these sort of imaginative worlds. I would say it was a com- combination of uh, playing with Lindsay almost every day. She's still my best friend. Um, She lives in Alberta. She's still my best friend. We talk almost every day. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. Now I'm going to make her listen to this. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to force her. Um, And I I, I don't know. We were just, we still talk about how fortunate we feel to have had the upbringing that we did, but also to have experienced so many other places and so much of the world because where we grew up it's such a specific pocket of the world yeah um but man we had some wild we had some wild times Um, so it came from imagination and not necessarily performance I I was gonna say it was sort of a combination of that and at that age I was uh, I was a figure skater oh yeah have you played a figure skater oh my gosh I <laughs> I was hired to be in a figure skating film okay. when I was 21 years old. Okay. This is a very deep cut. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, I had gone to LA, I had tested for the part, I did a skating test, and yeah. they hired me and um, a double mm-hmm. to to do like the really difficult skating stuff. And I would do a lot of. Anyway, we made it about <laughs> two weeks into training, and we were both gently let go and then they hired an actual figure skater to play the role but at 21 years old I was like this is probably the most devastating thing that will ever happen to me mm. <laughs> and now don't we all know <laughs> the, that was you know that we all gained perspective and I mean ultimately it was pretty incredible timing because two weeks later I booked the vampire diaries so it all it all comes out in the wash Wow, I mean, you're giving me a lot to lot to unpack. Before we go back to new fun, I, I yeah, will yeah, say, yeah. and I want to speak to Vancouver writers and producers. Um, Sarah Canning can skate. <laughs> like, hey, yeah, this I is can like skate. a missed opportunity. Does you know? someone want to like just toss me a like a yeah a, a magical skating love story? I mean, I'm not going to whip out any. Um, I love that you thought axles, love but... story, and I was more like it's got to have like vampires or zombies yeah. or the world is frozen over and yeah. everybody's got to skate. Like, I'm honestly, this is free. No, that's true. Well, I mean, <laughs> giving I, you a free idea here, yeah, of, Vancouver. I, I was thinking fantasy as well, so I think we're both on board with the vampires and like the love story is like 35 seconds yeah <laughs> it's 35 <laughs> seconds in an apocalyptic world frozen over situation yeah and go fantastic so okay you're a figure skater mm-hmm. uh you're nine you're mm-hmm. imagine you're living in a, in a fort of imagination mm-hmm. what was it that you loved about figure skating what did you get from that i think watching it as a five-year-old it felt um i think it's what 
a lot of different children experience. Um, you might experience it experience it watching dance or gymnastics or um, you can feel it with the team sports as well. I, I just felt, I think without understanding what I was feeling, it was like, oh wow, that is such it's such a, a specific way of expressing all this, mm. what I might feel. Like I, I had real feeling about it, but I don't think I understood that then. I just think I thought it was beautiful. Yeah. And it's You weren't really nine years free. old to be like, I'm having this deeply yeah. emotional experience <laughs> with the music and the movement where I'm expressing something I can't express otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, because that was in there. Yeah. It was certainly As a feeling. It was. <laughs> yeah. But I couldn't, I couldn't express it. It was just so beautiful to me and it seemed so free. Yeah. That I wanted to do it. So is that what you wanted to be when you grew up then, when you're nine years old? Were you saying, I want to be a figure skater? Yeah, I think I wanted to be a figure skater. And then eventually that shifted when I was a... I also wanted to be a writer, Mm. which is working out just fine, turns out, Hmm. in my own time. But I, I I wanted to skate. I wanted to write. I wanted... I mean, there were a number of different things. At one point, I was like, ooh, marine biology seems cool when I was like eight. But I, I it, it just kept shifting. And eventually... I think we all go through a marine biologist phase, totally. right? We're like, we just all want to like <laughs> study whales. Yeah. Like, really. We just want, we want dolphins to be our friends. Yeah. I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. You know what, what I'm getting from everything you're, you're talking about, though, uh, is it all has to do with stories. Yes. And storytelling. Definitely. And... Um, which kind of brings me to to Newfoundland, mm-hmm. you know, because, OK, so international listeners like Newfoundland did not become part of Canada, like mm-hmm. formally until the 1940s. Mm-hmm. And even now there is I mean, Canada is this massive geographic, you know, land mass, like with ve- so many different, you know, characters and cultures within that. But the Newfoundland character is so <laughs> specific, you know, yeah. and I and I've, I've known some wonderful Newfoundlanders, you know, mm. over the years. I love the stories that come out of there. I mean, we've yeah, in locally we have Anne-Marie de Louise is, mm-hmm. a, is a fellow is yeah. a fellow Newfoundlander. And, you know, there's also um, uh, Alan Hocko with Republica Doyle and Rick Mercer and like the people who can spin a spin a yarn, spin a yarn. Yeah. You know, so I'm just right. I'm curious about like what how the Newfoundland character informs your work as an artist. Like, where can mm-hmm. we, where am I seeing the Newfoundland mm-hmm. in you? Like, what Newfoundland is sitting here at the table with us right now? Very much. All, uh, so much. So it's always, it, it, it really is a, a very large part of my identity, I think. Um, and and probably more so than is apparent when people just meet me and talk with me and whatever but I yeah they are certainly uh a bunch of storytellers Mm. like they really I mean Rick Mercer told me that everybody's really nosy as well and they want to know what your story is that's right they do they do it's just it's very much a cultural thing which I find odd sometimes in other cities um I mean, I didn't grow up in a city, but it's it's what's a little different for me sometimes when I visit St. John's, St. John's, St. John's, <laughs> <laughs> compared to other cities, which is like, the, the the big city in Newfoundland. It in is. Newfoundland. It's the massive city. Uh, well, we we call it town. Yeah, we go into town. It, it's such a massive city <laughs> that we call it town. Um, I, so it's it's always curious to me when I, I've I've really carried that with me. I think. Um, 
in all, I've lived in a, a, a number of different cities now, and when I, I I look, I seek out those pockets. I think that's why I love um, the sense of being a regular at a coffee shop, or mm. uh, it's really important to me to make sure that I'm checking in with people. You know, we're all busy. Everybody's really busy, but it's it's important to me to be checking in like that uh, and 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 making sure I. I do what I can to keep like those community ties as strong as they can be in the, in the middle of everyone, you know, really trying to make things happen and, and flying all over the place and working all over the place. And um, because Rick Mercer's right. They are nosy, but in <laughs> in like in the most endearing sense, yeah. I think. And just uh, because that's, that is that is really, I mean, it's a hard place, right? Like hard, if, hard. Yeah. I was just gonna slip right. <laughs> yes, into. bye. Um, I mean, we recently, uh, and I think I'm gonna be releasing this episode in short order, so it is early February right now. In mm-hmm. January, mm-hmm. Newfoundland, you know, made headlines around the world. It was literally storm. buried in like many feet of yeah. snow. Yeah, you know, so they, you gotta be. <laughs> yeah, you've you gotta, gotta be, be hard. You've gotta be hard, and you gotta be hardy, and and I think. Um, I, I'm really interested in that. Um, I mean, everything I've written is set in Newfoundland. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so it is like very, uh, it's also in sort of, um, I grew up in, um, quite a, you know, I, I had a great childhood and quite a blue collar, um, life yeah my family and and i i sort of identify that way as an actor yeah um yeah i've never really talked about that actually in uh in an interview i don't think but um what but do you mean as far as like you know how hard you work and coming to to work and seeing it yeah, I think with a certain perspective, like yes, I let's think. unpack that therapy. <laughs> yeah, this is like it is. It's like a therapy session. Ooh. It is, and and if you, that's why the tissue is there. Yeah. That's why the, you know, and and if you go too far, we will. <laughs> yeah, well, you'll just gently bring me back. Yeah, no, it's it's. I'm I'm proud of it. Actually, it's um yeah, it's something that I've always. It's how I approach work. I think it's also how I. Uh, it's it's also sort of how I approach characters generally. Mm. Um, is like w- what have they what has the the sort of what's the battle been for them um, what feels really good in the battle what you know what are the really simple joys for these characters like I yeah I just it's, uh, it's hard I was to just explain. thinking of your prodigal's character when you were talking yeah. about that mm-hmm. as well. So of of the the characters that you've played then when when have you been able to really display the Newfoundland, you know, uh working class, yeah. you know, perspective, you know, the most when has it really been on display? I think that's a great character that you mentioned actually. Um my agent who's amazing, um Jamie Levitt when she read that script she said I really like this woman and I think she actually mentioned Newfoundland as well and that film was set in Sault Ste. Marie Sault Ste. So Marie yeah you know another similar sort of with hard yeah like the as, hard life yeah, yeah like you know the elements and it's it's a very I, I just I love regional Canadian stories and yeah. I think 
um, Jamie said, wow, there's a real salt of the earth mm. um, quality to this character. And I, I, I think of my home in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, you know, and we are going all over the place yeah. here, which yeah. is which is really how I like to do it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, you talked about being, you know, 21 and losing that that mm -hmm. first gig. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm just wondering about like how that, you know, Newfoundland, um, the, the work ethic, the, the mm -hmm. earnestness, the salt of the earth, mm -hmm. how it like was has been challenged by mm -hmm. this industry, you know, especially mm -hmm. like I'm imagining I, and I know you're like straight off the rickety like time machine boat in L.A., you know, but like, you know, you're wa walking around with a certain kind of, you know, um, spirit that does not necessarily jive with, yes. you know, a lot of the, the machinery of this industry. So yes. so like, yeah, like how was that at the beginning? And, and, you know, how did it how did it change you? I think I think, you know, I've been sort of developing a language for that at, at the longer I'm in the industry um, and and really trying to I think I'm coming more and more into my own of how I like I said at the beginning like to work and how how much I can uh, bring myself to connecting with with the people that I'm working with mm. and and how important that is for me and so I think what I find most alarming um, about the film industry sometimes is the these um, these built-in hierarchies that can happen mm. um, and you mean on set yeah, or in a production? I or? think just like a general feeling in the community that I not so much in our community, but I've I've certainly witnessed. Um, <laughs> I've 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 witnessed. Uh oh, where's she going with this? <laughs> <laughs> I've I've sometimes witnessed like a bit of a distancing thing that happens with. Um, I, I I don't want to talk about like any specific job or specific people or but you know I I, I think what is really essential is for us to continue continually be um, finding ways to get closer to each other mm. rather than like I love doing it. I'm not saying we need to do away with trailers like I think it's good that people have places to like <laughs> I take advantage of that at lunch like I like yeah. to close my eyes and like have a six minute meditation at lunch um, but I love doing indie films when everyone is there for the exact same reason mm, I, I mean and literally it was one of my questions yeah it was gonna be like why are you, why do you make time to do indie films so is that a yeah. is that a big part of it then yes yeah it's I mean also I think the the stories that I've been able to be a part of via indie, the indie film model have been some of the best stories I've been a part of. Yeah. Um, but so I, we're talking, like, can you give me some examples? Yeah, I want to see if there are any of my favorites. And I know that you were a huge supporter of Edward, which is yeah. a BC film and where, where I worked and met with Michael Eklund. Mm -hmm. um, friend of the podcast, friend Michael of the podcast. Um <laughs> Uh, level 16 um, that you also were such a supporter of. Um, Danishka Esterhazy is uh, wonderful. I've worked with her three times. She's a genius. Yeah. She's I'm so, terrific. I mean, everything is, what, what I love about her work, it's like, they they all look like such different kinds of projects yeah. and they are and yet there's like such a an audacity and something yes. very subversive yes you know and absolutely. like kind of changing film like something like level 16 mm -hmm. um actually can we talk a little bit about that in mm -hmm. particular because mm -hmm. 
my reading of that role for you was that that role was a bit of a departure for yeah. for you. You got yeah. to play, and honestly, like I don't, I. I don't want to do too many spoilers for a lot of these projects. I would l- I would love for people to go out and explore these films, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, on their own. So yeah. your your watch list so far, Prodigals, uh, Edward, and a level sixteen. But you don't play the nicest person mm-hmm. in there, mm-hmm. and um, you are uh, th- there's a group of of um, you know l- women in their teens that that you are keeping in check. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. But it's yeah. like it it felt like a it's like I don't think I've seen Sarah do a role quite like this mm-hmm. before so can you tell yeah, me what that role right. meant for you I was attached to do that film for like probably six years before yeah. we shot it because you had worked with with, uh, with Danishka on yeah. Blackfield which right. was another incredible indie film which was like actually very formative for me as a young actor it was yeah. the first time that I looked at a character and said I'm confused about this woman's choices oh. <laughs> which is when I was you know I get I think I was 21 Yep, because I did that in between the pilot of The Vampire Diaries and when the show got picked up. What a um, formative year 21 was for you, I know. Eh? It was. It, it really was. Um, and we'll, go, we'll put a pin in that and we'll go back and talk about 21. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll write a song about yeah. it on the spot. Um, I, yeah, I think what I look for now in characters is what I first sort of discovered in that film mm. of... Um, really looking at um flaw at flaw in general like as a human um it's as an inherent thing in and 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 yes humans but women like really about not placing a female in anyone's easily formed idea of yeah. female identity um and that you do flaws so well. You do the flawed woman, oh, the flawed fucked Thank up you. woman. I'm just because I'm as you're speaking, <laughs> I'm going through and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, hospital show, yeah, yeah, yeah hatch. Because those are both the two indie yeah. projects that are fresh in my mind. Yeah. But yeah, um, I mean, even on, I mean, remedy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, what a yeah, that was a gift. What an absolute gift that show was. That, w- that I miss it. I still miss it, like very viscerally. It was it was an amazing show to be a part of. But yeah, I went down a bit of a rabbit hole <laughs> on that on that show. Yeah. Sure. Okay, yeah. we're gonna talk about that show in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but level sixteen. Yes. And yeah. that that character that yeah. you played there. What did you get to do on level sixteen that you did not have the chance to do before? Yeah. I mean, she is certainly a tough a tough woman to um, get behind, isn't she? But Danishka. The director and writer. Um, the the wonderful thing about Danishka is she's never going to just leave a character flailing around in their despicableness. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's all grounded in, and it sort of speaks to what I was talking about earlier with like being really curious about what the battle is for someone. Like, why? How did this person get to this point? And that woman, that character, Miss Brixel, had a very real battle, and and. A battle that's real to a lot of women. Yeah, I think you know. Okay, um, so so the film, <laughs> no spoilers. No spoilers. Uh, but it does have to deal with um, kind of the quest for for uh, youth. Yeah, and and the way the and... way that our especially in Western culture and Western society, that yeah. the importance that we place on staying young, specifically mm-hmm. with with women. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we don't we don't. Um, 
haven't really had a lot of uh, positive language around no. women aging. A lot yeah. of it, the language around aging has been like, fight aging. Yeah. You know, men get to Anti-aging. be silver foxes. Yeah. You know, and women are like, oh, she's not aging very well. And women well. are spending like $7 million on anti-aging products. And it's like, yeah, it's it's appalling. It yeah. actually is really appalling. Um, I was reading a great article the other day. I think it was a New Yorker article about... Um, you know, all the filter stuff that I like don't even know about because my Instagram usage these days is like in and out yeah, for my own (laughs) sanity. And like, it's pretty cut and dry. I'm like doing, you know, the very basic starter kit of social media. Yeah. Um, And I was reading about these, these sort of I mean, I'm about to fall down a serious like. I'm a, holding on to you, Sarah. We can do this because I could go <laughs> off about yeah. this stuff, and I won't. I won't go off unless you want to go off. But I, 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 I like go off. Yeah, I just I find it's one of my deep concerns, like just generally moving forward as a society, is like how presentational everything is. Yeah. It really, really bothers me. Um, I, I, I feel really concerned about, um, I think, you know what, I think there is a lot more of a, of a sort of responsible, like, hey, pardon me, this might, you know, there, there are more voices, I think, and more studies that are going like, this is actually very detrimental to mental health. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so that's good. Like, I think there is actually a little bit of backlash happening now because of yeah. Just how far things have gone in the like really if you think of the last 5 years um you know the developments and 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 just for, I, I especially I think for young people and having to develop these internet personas that are um th- sort of requiring more energy from them it seems than their their real life. Yeah. Like here I am. This is just who I am as a person without any um without putting anything out into the world, this is just my existence. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I find it like really, really troubling, but I also understand, I mean, with Hospital Show as an example, I am so proud of that show. And, <laughs> yes. and social media has been so instrumental yeah. in getting it out there to people. It has, but you also have that one character on the show who mm-hmm. is, you know, the social media mm-hmm. obsessed. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, even my nine-year-old is, is you know, they are, like her and her her friend group, they, they are thinking about the avatars that they are creating and, and putting out there. And, yeah, yeah I see the... I, I'm very good though at keeping my kid yeah pulled I'm down sure. to earth but I'm sure. you know it's like but it's not just kids it's it's no, grown-ups it's no, other exactly. actors you know yeah. we talked about um with uh I, I I did an article a couple of years ago uh, with where I, I talked about um the side hustles that actors mm-hmm. like need to have in yes. order to survive in this biz because yeah. like I think the average uh I forget. I'm not good at math, so I'm not sure what the average, the difference between average and median is. But like the average UBCP member made seven thousand, and the median was fifteen thousand a year. Well, you can't live on that either way, especially in this city. 
especially in the city but yeah. you know if you if you are home home alone and you have you have to go and like you're, you're not getting auditions and you you have to go in and work the other jobs and you go on your your Instagram and you see that you know so and so has posted yet another photo of like mm-hmm. you know from their trailer hashtag yeah. you know yeah. set life hashtag and yet yeah. and you're like oh my god everybody else is busy except for me and yeah. yet that person who's posted it maybe they only work seven days right. in a year and right. they bank those photos and they want people right. like it's it's just it's a house of cards it is a house yeah. of cards and i absolutely think that um projects need to be celebrated and and work needs to be celebrated as well but i i think <laughs> there's like we're losing a bit of uh of a mindfulness mm. uh, uh, in terms of you know how um also i i guess i just don't ever want Here's what I here's what I fear is happening. My brain is all over the place right now. But what I fear is happening is that those experiences suddenly mean more because they're documentable to a certain mm. degree of okay, this will be viewed this way on social media. Yeah. Rather than you're doing it for the, the gram, you know. I mean, Ugh. even like yeah. some re- restaurants. Some restaurants like will have rules about that, right? There are some yeah. restaurants that are like that. Some have the mindset, oh, okay, we're going to set the food down and we expect that you're going to take a photo and of the our food. Hashtag yeah, and, and here's, here's a hashtag. Yeah. And then other there are other restaurants where the chef is like, hell no, yeah, we don't want to see phones whip out. Enjoy yeah. the food. Yes, you know, please enjoy the food. <laughs> I was rewatching Phantom Thread the other night, and that I, mm. I mean. <laughs> P.T. Anderson, if you're listening. Um, Obviously. <laughs> I like, you know, donate an organ to work with P.T. Anderson. He's like really exceptional, I think. And just rewatching that film and it really creeps up on you, that film, I think, just in, in the detail. Like just I get so jazzed when I watch or, or talk with people about what they're really curious about and what they've worked for 50 years on. And just like you know just the fact of 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 spending your life in in a in a specific trade and and the 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 diligence and the beauty of it and oh i just i just want to do away with instant gratification completely mm. and i just want i i just have such um god i can't even put words to it i just have such uh an appreciation for those fine find the fine details of a performance the fine details of watching someone build a dress the fine details of like you said like a really exceptionally thought out and and um a meal at a great restaurant like yeah uh I, I was listening to something the other day where someone talked about how people experience art now and they'll walk into a gallery and you know they'll look at a painting for two seconds take a photo of it and walk away from it and I just go yeah what like why you're not why not have the experience now I got to see the Mona Lisa this year Mm. um so you so you you got to see the Mona Lisa and then you got to see hundreds of people looking at the Mona Lisa through their phones yes I (laughs) I took some exceptional advice from someone very dear to me and I like walked I kept my head down I was in this massive crowd of people and I kept my head down and the woman beside me was so great she was like okay we're moving forward and you're like (laughs) you're three people from it and then I looked up and I and she was right there 
and I was like, oh, okay, there's that painting that's so famous. And then it started to happen to yeah. me. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, there what are am no I edges in at? that photo. It's yeah. just all curved. Yeah. yeah. I was like, what? And I and I just, you know, stood there for a, a few minutes and then I thought, okay. I heard a little whisper in my ear. I, I had an experience of that painting. And I moved to the back of the room and I was like, oh my God. Thank God I didn't look around me because then I moved to the back of the room. I'm not kidding you. There were like a hundred phones. Oh, no, I know. And it happened <laughs> when I was standing there in front of, like, I was yeah. just like, you know, like waltzing with Mona Lisa there for a second. Yeah. And then a phone just like drifted into my periphery. Oh, it was God. so, I was like, oh, all right. This is the world I live in. That's yeah. right. Well, that's why I love yeah. the podcast forum as well. Yes, you know, being able to too. have a conversation yes. instead yes. of like, okay, we have we have two minutes totally. on red carpet, and there's yes. a value to those there as well. Is. But there is. There's also a value to documenting your life to yeah. some extent. But instead of you know having but living your life for yeah. Instagram, and I've also yeah. heard like that there is like something happens with like dopamine when you get yeah. a like, oh yeah, and stuff, yeah. you know. So it's I, a game. It's I, like a game. Uh, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I feel very challenged by what you're saying as well, and I'm, I'm seeing some personal truth in it. So, well, but I, I and I appreciate myself. that. Yeah. I have to, I, I. Well, that's the world like, in which we live, yeah. though, right? Yes. It's the industry in yes, which we, totally. we work. Yes. So I've had to just build some boundaries for myself, and I feel a lot better since doing it. Good. But I also respect and appreciate it as a medium of like I get it, I get the value in it. Just also live your life, just like if you're so privileged just to get to go visit the Mona Lisa like just visit her yeah don't like be on your phone while the Mona Lisa is making you a cup of tea yeah <laughs> you know and that's what I love about because um, I, I was I was recently in Paris as well mm -hmm. uh, but you know like they're almost like there are two different there are two different groups in Paris there's all the tourists and then there are the Parisians and the way that they just like experience their city yeah. and they they make you know um Every there's an art to everything, Absolutely. the art to being. I think that like you know the the way that they they drink wine, the way that they I mean they live in an artful yes. city. You know, everyone's like reading books on sidewalks. Yeah, and it's like yeah, everybody's like you know joy. people are expressing themselves through fashion yeah. and drinking wine and eating cheese. It's literally a stereotype. But like it's that's really beautiful. Like so, yeah. but when my daughter and I were there, it, we we first we felt this pressure. We had to go out and do all of Paris, and they were yeah. like, oh. We can just like walk around Paris, and that's where Paris really and that's where really we, gets you. Yes, is if you're just walking around. <sighs> well, a, a yeah. lot of a lot of Europe is like that. Yes. Okay. I I know. I said we're gonna go back to this. We're gonna go back to that. I don't even know what we're going back to. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm look at my brain. Twenty one. Yeah. Because uh, I did. I I see that I put a pin in that. Um, a lot happened when when you yeah. turned twenty one, yeah. and uh, I know that a lot of us were um, introduced to you through Aunt Jenna, mm -hmm. uh, which I can't believe you're twenty one. Mm -hmm. Like blows my mind. But you know, tell me about um about your early experiences. You know, with with that character and and um, yeah, just being twenty one and having that yeah. experience. It's funny because uh, people are so <laughs> wonderful about that role. People still tell me that it that it affected them, and I'm like, ah, oh, that's crazy and great, great. That's all I could. Do ever Do you feel weird because it happened when you were so young? No, I don't actually. Be and that's sort not of that you're you're a very mature lady <laughs> now, but like you know, especially when you're My it's your new years. like new in your newer in your career. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, it, it definitely was, and. Um, it was certainly 
it was certainly a role that suddenly I went from like working at a restaurant seven days a week and hiding in the stairwell and learning lines and running the auditions and like really like really hustling yeah like was, were you a were you a good were you a server I was a server yeah. were you good no <laughs> no <laughs> like I would try to do wine service and Ooh. I remember you Is know this in I, LA no 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 here in here in van and I remember Ooh, someone really? once taking a bottle from me like sitting at the table like being a like, customer customer <gasps> taking the bottle from me and taking the cork out for me so Wow. Yeah, that's like, yeah. Um, I shouldn't have put that out there because I might need to go work at a restaurant in like a year's time. <laughs> well, and you'll be like, do a different kind well, of work. Or yeah. like, you heard Sarah Canning is absolutely abysmal at wine service. Um, is that restaurant still around? It's Cactus Club. <laughs> and I like to say I wore turtlenecks and very long skirts. And that's like not the typical... It might have changed. I think things are changing. I know people don't have to wear heels anymore, which is great. There's yeah. a, that that bullshit has all been swept aside. Yeah. So to our international listeners, Cactus Club is a chain of of restaurants where I mean, the first thing that came to my mind where you said you work in Cactus Club, I was like, oh, you were wearing like a black low cut kind of blouse yeah. and a no black man mini skirt and black heels, turtleneck, peasant skirt. So I mean, I don't know. And I you was, can't open the bottle. I was a slight anomaly, I think, but. I know lots of people who've worked at Cactus Club. It's it's everybody. It's like choose your own adventure at yeah. Cactus Club. I think sometimes. Yeah. Now maybe more so. But I've been to. It's a different some, world. I mean, we're seeing a lot of very, change in in the yeah. culture and the larger culture. Yeah. Since and um, I love the rocket salad. You know, so the there's rocket a lot salad to, is delicious. There's lots to love at Cactus Club. Yes. Okay, so you are sorry. That was the sidetrack. I just <laughs> I was just interested in just a small plug in a for Cactus Club. I guess. <laughs> well, maybe. I just wanted to picture you as you know working seven days a week and going yeah. and learning your lines. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a, I was, yeah. And what I was did you not want? sleeping much. I just, I just wanted to work. I just wanted, I was very similar then to what I am now. I've just, I think now I just, I, my, I still want to work, but I, I crave different creative experiences. And also my output is very different because now I write and I also direct. And yeah, you do. Like creative agency um, and autonomy has become more a part of my life now than it was then. Then it was all about like, please just give me the job. Like, yeah. I'll work so hard, you know. And I did. God, I like I worked a bit too. I like needed to be having a little more fun than I was having back yeah. then. And now I certainly have more fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was really life changing to get that job um, on the Vampire Diaries, and I never I just totally got that character. I didn't need to like really. I Andrew McElroy coached me for my audition. God, his name comes up so often in this room. I'm sure he's like a he's just like sitting in the back corner of this room all the time. Yeah, he's like, like his his impact. Yeah, his on presence the is pretty actor. massive. It's, it's massively massive. Yeah, wow. yeah. He's huh, yeah. He's, I gotta get him in here. He's like a yeah. He's a very special entity. Yeah. That one. So he was coaching you at the time then. Yeah, yeah. And he remains like one of my. He's one of my closest friends. Yeah. And um, I just remember, uh, we did this gestural thing for the audition. Um, I found this thing of Jenna just like shaking her hair out to go to to go to class and it so became who Jenna was this like oh I'm like just trying to 
do okay with these kids and like hide the fact that I'm drunk and but I gotta get to class and like I totally I just not that that's what I'm doing in my life uh, but I got it I got her like yeah. it never felt like something a lot of us dealing with frankly the way you're talking about when you were 21 it sounded like that's what yeah. you were dealing with yeah at that time the, yeah it was a lot of juggling <laughs> A lot of, I have way more mindfulness techniques now. I probably would have saved myself a lot of like <laughs> small meltdowns that I had back then. Yeah. But, but I am also really grateful to have had them, you know, I'm, and I'm grateful to have had that experience. Um, it was a really, I, I loved working with that group of people and I never felt any strangeness in the fact that like my my quote unquote kids, my adoptive kids were like <laughs> a year younger than me. Yeah. It just we joked about it a lot amongst the cast, but it didn't ever feel difficult. Like it just felt it just I understood who that woman was really well. Yeah. Yeah. What was the most um like what were some of the when you think about the experience of filming that show? Like cuz I I <laughs> I mean, I you know, you talk to Vancouver a lot of Vancouver actors and they'll be like, "Yeah, it looks one way, but you know, we're in mud and then we're like in our giant right. puffy jackets between filming and yeah. None and of that it is ends glamorous. up being like wrapped up in yeah. the memories, you know, so." Yeah. I mean, the, they're on that show is certainly like really late hot 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 nights yeah. out, out outside in Georgia um, the poor makeup artists it's like you put makeup on and then it's like we've just gone for a swim yeah. in 30 <laughs> seconds it's so hot um, yeah there was a lot of that kind of late night vampire-esque you know stunty yeah all of that stuff it wasn't as hard on me as it was on some of the other actors honestly because I was always like in the kitchen like <laughs> I was always in the kitchen. I had a few. I had a few adventures outside for sure. But um, yeah, I, I guess it was also just a glimpse into that world. Mm -hmm. Like I remember saying to my mom, it like really blew my mind. I was like, five million people just watched that, and I couldn't understand that. Like I couldn't fathom. You're like, from a town of 300 yeah, people. Yeah, it's like 5 million from the edge people of the world. Yeah. 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 So five that 5 million people watch that. Yeah. That glimpse into that that side of the industry was like like really blew my mind a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I mean, and you yeah. do. I mean, I I know this from the times I've I've written about you before or been like, "Oh, here's a photo of Sarah." Like you have adoring passionate fans all over mm -hmm. the world you know yeah. there's people who it's love really, the work I mean frankly I count myself a fan a Sarah sick fan of Sarah fucking well, Canning right now likewise well. I'm yeah. a fan of yours <laughs> so it all works out all right um yeah. but yeah. like how does that impact the work then I don't think it does yeah I don't honestly I don't you're think not thinking about uh about your no I'm not I'm not holding myself really responsible to anyone's expectation of what yeah. I do next which is which is good but I've never really had that feeling um yeah I think it's funny I remember when I was doing the Vampire Diaries doing like a bit of a press circuit and some stuff came up about like oh well you should choose um this type of clothing to appear in a certain way and really young and because it's appealing to this and I I think I was like oh okay and now I'm like nah I I don't know I <laughs> yeah. I I think I feel pretty fortunate in that way to have you know I would I 
was killed off of that show pretty early and then I got to go run around and like really try out a lot of different types of roles and um was I was on more shows that got canceled and like I I just kept having to hit the pavement I think yeah and I that's I feel lucky to have that sort of factors into the I'm so fortunate that this is what I do for a living like I have side hustles too, but my side hustles are like starting to be like directing jobs. And like Fuck, I wrote a so script that a commissioned screenplay. It's like those aren't really side hustles. Those are like side hobbies that uh, th- those are side passions. I, yeah, I like passion instead of hobby. Because yeah. hobby almost seems like yeah. I do this to decompress. No. It, like it minimizes yeah, right. it in some way, but no, it's like. I like if- bake to decompress and like go yeah. to yoga and stuff. Like those are side passions. And to like. God, how fortunate to incorporate that into my living, like yeah. of my actual like this is what I do for a living. Like it's it's incredible. But um, I don't even remember. Why I was me neither. But that's right. This tells me that it is that. such a good interview. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because we're talking about stuff. So I think I was just saying that it's been great to have been. I I don't ha- I don't I'm not like meeting any expectation of who I am as an actor because I've gotten to like swim in a lot of different swamps yeah <laughs> you know have you ever swam in a swamp uh i'm sure i have yeah i think i have killed yeah. dinosaurs trapped dinosaurs yeah i didn't kill them i yeah. was like the you were like the wrangler com- yeah i think yeah i would only you i know. love that oh, we're talking about primeval new world <laughs> yeah i love <laughs> we're that talking show. About last weekend you yeah. what we're talking about last weekend oh yeah <laughs> yeah when we visited Jurassic Park, I don't know. Yeah, I it, mean, they are pouring. Show. I'm sure, honestly, I'm sure, like Elon Musk or somebody it's is like investing thing. money. It's definitely, the yeah, next it thing. absolutely got to bring the um, the the dinosaurs back. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna take a break. <laughs> I'm gonna get some control back here. When we come back, I want to talk about um, I want to talk about remedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk about hospital show. Yeah. And um, and then I'm just gonna we're gonna talk about roles. Great. Like just just roles. Great. I have some questions about roles. I'm flailing. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I do. I do need day, that break. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. All right. How is that for a cliffhanger? This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is brought to you by Al Miro Studios' hilarious web series, How to Make It in Hollywood When You Are Foreign AF. Subscribe and binge all the episodes at www.youtube.com slash Al Miro Studios. So what's your favorite kind of role? Oh, that's that's a question. <laughs> I'll just bring it back. To another how it question. That's yes. another question. <laughs> I don't have one. I don't have a favorite kind of role. I've done so many that I, I'm just like, oh, that life was really wild and fascinating to explore. I just, um. Yeah, I don't have any defining feature of what I'm. Okay. I never really know what I'm, what I'm looking for. I know how I want to feel and how I want to bring myself to work, but I never really. I I want to play everything. <laughs> how do you want to feel? Um, like I have no change left in my pockets. <laughs> <laughs> like I just really want to feel I want to feel the way I felt last night when I left um, the editor's house from editing the the student film I directed last week like I was I was like oh there's lots more work to do but like I feel really 
like we just went for it yeah. <laughs> you know it's like michael eklund talking about chasing yeah. magic yeah you know it's true magic yeah and, and you'll never i i think i think michael eklund and i feel similarly about um what we do and i, I don't think there's any i don't i don't feel like there's any um ever a real satisfaction I feel like you go right I've like lived in this world and now like uh, uh, what's the next where's the next one <laughs> now it's like I've been developing a that's practice. if she drinks coffee that's yeah. the voice that comes yeah. out <laughs> yeah <laughs> I gotta let's do more but I but I've I've developed like a pretty good I've I've had to like um find a way to touch down nicely in my reality too mm. because I used to have a hard, a really hard time with that shift in and out of, yeah. Especially some work. of the more challenging characters, yeah. right? That must have been. Yeah. Okay, so is there, like, what type of role scares you? Um, like, even if you're, like, you're reading a description or you're reading some sides and, yeah. like, something that would make you recoil. I mean, they all scare me to to an extent. Like I, I like I don't know how many thousands of auditions I've done, um, and that's lucky to have done thousands yeah. of auditions. But I every time I get the the like ping, I don't have any pings. But you know, a ping is an inbox. That's you know, anytime I see an audition in my inbox, I go, oh god, <laughs> every time. Every time, yeah, they all scare me a little bit. Yeah, I I know that feeling. I because I I'm always terrified mm-hmm. right before an interview. Yeah, you know, it's like I love it. Yeah, you know, but it's yeah. like, because it matters to me as well. Yeah, of you course. know, there's there's a bit of fear there. Okay, yeah. I want to talk about um, are there any kind of roles that you won't do anymore that yeah. you might have done earlier in your career but you won't do now? Um, I don't know if there's anything that I would have done earlier that I wouldn't do now, actually. Um, uh, I'm... <laughs> that sounded I, very nice, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. soothing. Uh, <laughs> just doing some voice scales yeah. while I think about this one. <laughs> I am just... Um, I think some really helpful advice that I... I tend to bring to every decision. You take every job for a different reason. I take every job for a different reason. I should speak in the, you know, not. I shouldn't speak about all the rest of the people, just me. Um, look at the people, look at the project. And I think people say, look at the money. Mm. And um, money is a, is a reality. It's a reality for everyone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel, oh my God, like I can't tell you how fortunate it feels that most of the time it's the people or the project Hmm. um because i've i've turned down some jobs that i i'd be living in a much different (laughs) space that i'm living in now and i'm very happy in the space that i'm living in now but i i've actually i've yeah yeah i've made some decisions that i am completely behind um, yeah. Still, because you have to live your life, right? Yeah, yeah. To be comfortable in in your life. Yes. So I, I, I'm pretty. Yeah. I, I am definitely thoughtful about what I do, but I also just really want to work. Like I, I'm not so thoughtful that I like remove myself <laughs> from years of really getting to do what I love because I love it too much. Yeah. To, to 
be that particular. <laughs> I want to talk about one specific role. Mm-hmm. Seeing as we're talking about roles, yeah. Um, I want to to pay some respect uh, to Dr. Melissa Connor mm-hmm. on Remedy, mm-hmm. uh, which was I, I believe you you were number one. Two. You were number two. Enrico Colantoni was number one. Wow. And he is the dreamiest number one you yeah. could ever wish for. Yeah. Okay. You're like. Wait, you were number two on Hospital Show. I know. As well. That's what's funny. Oh, okay. That's very funny. Yeah. But, you know, the experience of being that high up on yeah. the call sheet, like, what did yeah. you learn from that? And, like, what do you think is necessary to be uh, an effective mm-hmm. n- number one and number two? Yeah. yeah. I, I do believe there's a real responsibility to it. And that's why I, I have such affection for Rico. Um, oh, I mean, Rico. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we all called him Rico. It's not my personal nickname <laughs> for him, but I, I, I just have such respect for. I, I had such respect for that entire team. Um, it, that was a true. What I was talking about earlier about not, you know, not particularly feeling fond of hierarchies and things that can develop and any sense of distancing or like oh, well, that person's, like, not really available right now. Like, there was none of that shit on yeah. Remedy. Um, our showrunner, Greg Spottiswood, who remains a very dear friend and, and, a, and a mentor, um, yeah, he wasn't having any of that. Mm. Um, I remember maybe the first, uh, within the first week when we started season two, we had some new actors. And, I mean, we would be, like, the regular cast would be so stoked about our guest stars because they were all, like, Toronto theater royalty mm. um, because Greg was very um, active in the theater world as well early in his career and he had so many great uh, connections. Uh, I remember uh, a couple of new a couple of new people boarding this ship and I mean our scripts were the pace of that show was intense like really really intense and it was a very specific rhythm and Greg brought I don't know, I guess it was five or six of us in a scene, uh, including the regulars who'd been there for a season already. And we all blocked ourselves in this room and we probably ran a scene 35 times Mm. um, before we shot it to really get the rhythm and for it to sing the way that it needed to sing. And that process, it was like that the whole way through. Um, And that's rare. yeah, Yeah, it is. It is. And... I yeah I, I the way Rico um, he he was so engaged with everyone on the crew yeah um, he still did great work and he like focused when he needed to focus but I was like there is there everyone works differently but for me it's it's important to be engaged with all of the people that I'm working with yeah and it was a real like I guess because it it's not always like that right no. and if you have like you Mm-mm. know some of the leads who are not connected like mm-hmm. it can it can from what I've heard it can change the yes the, ex- yeah. the entire experience of production and then yes. you can see that on the screen as well yes. yeah yeah I know, and I think one of the best compliments I got on that show was from an actor who came in for a day or two, and she said to me, "You guys are the best cast that I've because you're you're like walking into somebody's el- somebody else's house when you're yeah. a guest star. You know, it's it's intimidating. It's very intimidating." And she said, "You guys are." the best cast that I've ever walked in on. Yeah. And I was like, then that's it. Yeah. That's it. We can't <laughs> hope for anything else. Like, it really is about the experience. Yeah. I think, so. So, 
we have mentioned Hospital Show a few mm-hmm. times, and I am such a a fan of this show that everybody right now. I mean, I'm going to put a link to it yeah. in, in the the footnotes for this episode. You can go and watch it in six minutes. Yeah. Like it's the, the episodes are six minutes long, and like truly, if you're in a bit of a slump in your day. Six minutes, and I can like guarantee you, you'll feel at least a smidge better. Yeah, and so it's um, I mean the the joy of a hospital show. I mean, there's a lot of joys of hospital show, but so hospital show is a series uh, about um a medical procedural, but about like the kind of the the behind the scenes shenanigans yeah. uh, that goes on. And yeah. one of the joys of it is that it features uh, actors like yourself and. Adrian Holmes, mm-hmm. you know, from ni- well known for 192 mm-hmm. and um so much other work, yeah. you know, and uh, and and put in this uh, and Enid Ray Adams and yeah. put in an environment where we don't normally yeah. get to see you. And like yes. Enid Ray, I've seen do comedy before. I haven't yes. seen you and Adrian especially yeah. do a lot of comedy, you yeah. know. So um, as somebody who was one of the le- the number two on <laughs> an actual <laughs> hospital, you know, yeah. medical drama, you know, yeah. how I mean, because it's bonkers. Like it's complete. Like the hospital show is bonkers. It is it's delightfully bonkers. so. I mean, you and have some intimate moments with parts of Adrian Holmes that I know most of us have not seen. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, your character, not yes, you, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, you I know, so Adrian, how closely does it? He's a beautiful human yeah, being, yeah, fantastic he's actor. He's so funny in the show. But we like mm-hmm. watching this. I'm like, oh, I've only ever really seen him. Like, you know, because he's an amazing dramatic actor. He's an amazing dramatic actor. You know, yeah. so how closely does Hospital Show match a show <laughs> like Remedy? As far as like you know, accurately depicting what goes. And we'll say that it. This is from the mind of of the genius and brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, Adam Green Reed, mm-hmm. who also appears in the show. Yes, as, and um, plays a genius role in the show uh, too. Yeah, he's a an alcoholic mm-hmm. um, deeply insecure about his role and yeah. where he's going on the show which is so universal I really like any actor who's like eh, I'm not worried about what the writers are going to do with me they're lying I mean unless they're bored to death but then that's another thing so <laughs> actors care about their characters yeah. well god I hope yes hey <laughs> actors can I please just say yes yeah yeah of course um I hope so. I that's the Adam is such. I mean, he's become such a great friend, and I, I again like so much respect, and and he's put so much work into this thing, so so much work, um, and it really shows. I think, and everybody really exactly what I was talking about earlier with the spirit of indie film everybody just really showed up yeah really really we we made a teaser we made a teaser for fun in the hopes of getting funding but I mean I I think like we as a as audiences and viewers need to um check what prejudices we might have when we hear indie you know because like indie Mm -hmm. like I I feel like there are people who be like oh it's it's not as high production value therefore it's 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 less than in some way like you know I I find that the indie stuff in a lot of ways because it's literally the people's passion projects yeah you know it's it's higher quality in a lot of ways yes and I definitely felt that with hospital show like everybody really gave their Mm -hmm. gave their all you know and it's it is so funny and i even i remember like you telling me years ago that one of the ways that you prepared for remedy was to like you know do dissection (laughs) on a banana and that shows up in 
Well, it shows up because I was like, hey, man, you should suture a banana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're actually the, the really wonderful thing, too, about Adam writing this show is that he asked us for our personal stories. Like, I know that he some did. of yeah, and some of oh. his wife's stories are in there. So uh, his Kristen, wife, Kristen Lehman. Yeah. yeah. Who bears needs no introduction? No Amazing. introduction. Yeah, and she's in the show as well, and she's hysterical. She's oh yeah, she's so this funny. very wise makeup artist. Yeah, she's yeah. basically <laughs> like I don't know. She yeah, she's like this Yoda esque figure. It's really great. Yeah. Um. I yeah. He asked. He asked me about um, some of my experiences while doing remedy, but a couple of my personal set stories are in there as well. Some shenanigans that have happened on other sets that I've been on. <laughs> Um, like the the fake pregnancy uh, is a is is a story from a set that I no, was on. it's not. Yes, <laughs> you're not going to tell us which one no, that is. No, I shan't. No, you but shan't. That was a very wonderfully executed, also kind of terrible, elaborate prank from a set that I was on once upon a time. Um, and she does not mean the set of Once Upon a Time. No, no, not the set of Once Upon a Time because I have been on that set. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, wow. so he just, he asked us for, you know, a lot of our personal um, experiences and they're in there. And yeah. it, that's what's so fun about it. It's and, and that's what's so, I think, I think it appeals to a pretty broad, wide audience, but it's like, I think it will have a, a very special place in industry folks like our or, or who people are, who are fans of I mean obviously like absolutely it's funny and the funny carries around the world yeah but if you are also specifically a fan of Sarah from her other other work <laughs> you know or of Adrian Holmes from his other work or like this is it's it's amazing to see mm-hmm. you guys like in mm-hmm. that or, or Jordan from Jordan Connor yeah yeah, yeah. Yes, Sweet Pea so from Riverdale, his yeah. character, as we were talking about the social media obsessed character, yeah. uh, that's him. And like Liz this. Bowen, who shows up for an episode and is like unbearably she, funny. I, I hurt myself in the screening yeah, laughing so hard. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. there are some really um, outrageous cameos and guest stars. And um, I, I think that's, I have such anticipation for what happens next because we don't really know what happens next but um there's certainly you know i think i think there might be a horizon and the potential for more visitations to this world it's it's so exciting so y'all get in on the ground floor yeah you know and if if you watch the show and you love the show tell everybody else to go and watch and love the show yes please please do because it i mean we there's there's nothing like making people laugh. There yeah. really is. I, I mean, I. That's also how I want to feel. You said, "How do you want to feel?" I want to feel like. I mean, I want to feel like I've moved people in some way, but to like really make somebody laugh is there's nothing like it. And yeah. I think everybody in this cast, um, kind of really can carry that. I think it's like a nice warm blanket that we can all like wrap around ourselves. Yeah. Oh, and and. I mean, and another person that I do want to make sure gets name checked is Linda Boyd. Yeah, you know, yeah. especially for our Newfoundland listeners, yes. Linda was was on Republican Doyle, mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. Rose on Republican Doyle. Yeah, and uh, she has a wonderful oh role. God. I mean, the, there's I won't no spoilers, but <laughs> there's a fu- last scene in the last episode, mm-hmm. which is an interaction between the two of you where I. S- 
I felt the power there oh, from yeah. both of you. And yeah. it just, it is one of my favorite things I've ever seen yeah, I love uh, that comes from this community. Yeah, um, okay. Great. We are very quickly running out of time. And uh, I'm, so I'm, I, there's many things. so many things. Like I wanted, I mean, you talked about Kristen Lehman. Kristen Lehman is an actress who is now, you know, really like asserting herself as a director, mm-hmm. you know, and I know that you are, I mean, you are getting into directing and you yes. are also like, you've been working with a, another actress who's also mm-hmm. becoming a fierce Allie director. Liebert. fucking Liebert, <laughs> who will yeah. also be in here soon. I mean, you know, Great. you did Amish Abduction mm-hmm. where you shared incredible scenes with powerhouse Gabrielle Rose. Yes. And uh, who you also worked with in Hatch as well, which yes. is a crazy eights film last year. And you yes. just uh, wait. Am I wrong? I'm about to. You do are Allie's. about to. You're yes, about to this do. Weekend. So uh, yeah, we're going into the weekend where. You, so uh, Ali is one of the uh, finalists in the Crazy Eights. Yes. Uh, you did Crazy Eights last year. I did. And you did. So Crazy Eights for international listeners, that is a filmmaking competition mm-hmm. where uh, teams, hundreds of teams, compete for the opportunity to be one of the final films where you shoot and. Three edit days. in three days yeah, and then you have entire, five days for post yes exactly the entire film is basically executed in eight days which is bonkers yeah and so you're, short film you're bonkers <laughs> to do it again but you know yeah. it's working with you know somebody like like Ali mm-hmm. you know who has had this really you know remarkable on-screen career and yeah. is now expanding yes. you know into you know sitting behind the monitor you yeah. know like, well, like she's so good at it yeah too. so tell, tell me because you were there for her very I was you know, for, for her first time yeah directorial debut feature debut feature yeah debut it was so it really I mean I, I, there are certain I've loved every job but there are certain jobs that will really stay with me and that one for that reason the the group that we had are all very dear to Allie she really built um a strong team around herself and um we i think we've been arm in arm um in terms of expanding those horizons for ourselves for a number of years now and to be a part of that expanding for ourselves so yeah. there's an idea of like taking yeah. that kind of ownership and exactly control taking there. ownership yeah. and we both Allie and I are very similar in that we we care so much like a bit too much um for our own good often um but you know it's that's part of the deal that's really part of the deal and then you sort of deal with the heartache as it hits but yeah. we care a if lot. you don't care why bother yeah like, i just like i mean that's yeah. what it means to be if it doesn't affect you on that yeah. really like Passionate stomach honest. churning visceral level then i mean People get into this industry for di- for different reasons, but I know Liebs and I got into the industry for a very similar reason, yeah. and we kind of really need to do it. It's like a need. It's like a, like a basic human need for us. I yeah. think. Uh, so I'm just I'm so proud. Um, I'm so proud of her. I'm really I've learned a lot from her. Um, we we give each other a lot of pep talks, which is, we give each other a little bit of tough love when we really need it, mm. and I think. So she's part of your your town yeah. that you've built for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which is also, I mean, it's pretty rare. And uh, I mean, we audition for the same stuff a lot of the I time. Bet, yeah. We've each booked roles that were that the other person was up for. So like, mm. it's a it's it's a very we have a I mean, there's so many layers of of connection over the years of of like really getting to know each other's struggles and uh, really celebrating each other. I think. Um, and this this film in particular is 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 going to be uh, <laughs> it's called the quieting it's called the quieting and um, it's um it's a psychological thriller um, about basically 
queer identity and really embodying that. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I just, I, oh, I could fucking talk to you all day, Sarah fucking Cannon. <laughs> but, you know, like I, with Hatch last year, mm-hmm. which really hit me in my gut. Yeah. Uh, Hatch is a, a short film about, um, it's, so it is a sci-fi comedy, but it's about miscarriage and yeah. pregnancy loss, you know? Yes. And then and then this is another, you know, I, I the quieting, I've, I've read a little bit about it mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm watching, and you also have Julia Sarah Stone in there yes, as well. and incredible. You know, like yeah. it's, the, the uh, what I love is is that you are choosing to do projects, you know, that that have, meaning you know and Mm -hmm. it like it means I'm sure it means a lot to these filmmakers that you are a part of their projects too you know like I I, that was the first time though I've been to a lot of crazy eights that I was sitting there and I'm watching this film and then first time I'd seen pregnancy loss not not just on screen like yes so rarely on screen but then it'd be like wow like this is this is told this is this is my story yes you know I see see I mean and granted I did not have a sci-fi you know kind of experience but to you know Art gives us the chance it to does. see ourselves reflected, to see, to be validated. So, and not just that, like the reflection, but also the permission that we're allowed to laugh and we're allowed to experience mm. it in different on different levels, yeah. and we're allowed to move through the experience. We're allowed to develop humor about things. We're allowed to also feel deeper levels of pain that we didn't know were there. Yeah. And that's what. That's why. That's why. That's and why. that's why I do what I do. <laughs> the end. <laughs> oh my. Oh my god. I'm just I barely looked at these questions. Um I didn't need to. It's cuz we're pals and we're yeah, just like, we're just, just shooting the shit. We're just shooting the shit. Okay. So, let's end with some time travel. Mm-hmm. Uh love to begin and end. So, we're getting back yeah. in the rickety boat. Um Yeah. But I don't want to go to Newfoundland. Okay. I want to go to 21. I want to go to LA. Okay. 21 before you book mm-hmm. uh, Vampire mm-hmm. Diaries. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we can go back in time to that moment okay. and you have a minute to give yourself some advice, what mm-hmm. would you say? Or mm-hmm. would you not say anything at all? Because that's an option mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Part of me wants to say that I wouldn't say anything at all because I've needed everything that's happened to happen. Yeah. And I got there. Like the piece of advice that I started to think about, about like softening a little bit and not like really like I would just be, it was, I was so like clenched for so long about um, my work ethic and about, you know, being the best that I could be. And I finally, but I got there. I got there when I needed to get there. Mm. And that force that I was really, you know, using to try, just try, 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 work, work, work. I think that also has really informed the quality of the softening, you know. Mm. Um, So I needed that. Yeah. I needed to do everything that I did. And I needed to make the mistakes that I made. And I needed to... Yeah. No, she doesn't get any advice. She's going to be just fine. <laughs> she doesn't get anything. <laughs> You're going to be fine. You're going to be We're fine. We're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. I've really learned that in the last couple of years. Yeah. I'm I, really going to be fine and you're yeah, going to be fine. I 
I do have a lot of anxiety attacks and panic mm-hmm. attacks. There are moments when mm-hmm. the anxiety strikes. And one of the mantras that I try to say to myself when I'm breathing, trying to get, is everything is already okay. Yeah. And so it's yeah. about like trying to get back to that feeling, trying to believe it. Yeah. You know? Everything is already okay. Yeah. yeah. Everything is already okay. And I, and I tell myself too, this is the only moment that exists. Yeah. You and know. this one, and then this and one, this and, one, this one and, this and this one, and this one, and this one. Yeah. So that's why the twenty-one-year-old, she's just gonna take all her moments one at a time. Yeah, you're gonna come back, right? Yeah, you're gonna come back. Yes. And uh, oh, and just for our Patreon subscribers, we are also gonna be recording a, a favorite things oh, yeah. mini-sode with Sarah after. Uh, but Sarah fucking canning <laughs> where can our listeners find you on social media despite all the yes. stuff you said you're yeah. still there i'm still there i'm still there i just have to be strict with myself that's all okay just because i have to get a lot of things done in my life i gotta write a lot of things and live a lot of life uh but you can find me at sarah canning on instagram super simple and i'm still on the tweet machine too at sarah dj canning yeah yeah that's it's a mystery. The DJ is still a mystery, but a mystery. Sarah DJ Canning on Twitter. All right, and uh, and also just you know say hi at a coffee shop. That's better. Yeah, <laughs> if you're close say by. hi, but and if you're cool, <laughs> yeah, but don't be creepy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let none of us should be creeps <laughs> to each other. Let's all just be kind. Let's be kind. Yeah, yeah. Aw, thank okay. you so well, much. Thank you. This was great. All right, to so you. Cool. Our listeners, I say thank you for joining us. Please like and subscribe. Leave us a review. Five-star review, if you're so inclined. They help us find even more listeners. You can find us at www.yvrscreenscene.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at YVR Screen Scene. The YVR Screen Scene podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Sabrina Furminger. And it's edited by Simon Furminger. Special thanks to Mariana Furminger for recording our Patreon ad and to Tyson Braddock and Paul Furminger, yes, we are a family business, for technical support and to Dane Not Furminger Devalet for the original music. Wyvair Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And cut! <laughs>